podcast is brought to you in part by our partner, Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is a free app that allows the user and creator to record and edit their podcast right there from your phone or computer. It also allows you to distribute your podcast across the globe to everyone that wants to listen to it on different distribution networks like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other networks. It has all, all your needs and tools all in one stop shop. So go ahead, please download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Thank you and have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an amazing opportunity. Thank you for joining us on the Yankee Cowboy podcast. I'm the one, the only Tim Wilkins, Yankee Cowboy for short. And we're actually going to be talking about a topic that's very passionate in my line of work is the COVID-19 process. And not only throughout the country, which has struck the country by storm in the world, but it needs to be localized to the state of Texas. So join me. We're going to have some conversation. We're going to discuss how this pandemic really has become a political weaponized in the political spectrum and really shouldn't be. Uh, and that's where it's all about. So without further ado, let's dive into what's important. What I'm looking at, ladies and gentlemen, on my podcast, on the, on the stream here at twitch.tv slash Yankee Cowboy 27 on Twitch, feel free to join me. And what we're going to do uh, is kind of go through the numbers here. Um, and really, we're going to start diving into it in a full-fledged situation because it needs to be discussed. When you have one of the few talking points of the pandemic is that teachers or students cannot go back to school, right? You hear those and you hear about all these randomized numbers that make no analytical sense to many of the normal people in this country. So when you look at it in a bigger scheme and how things work, it's what do we go from here, right? So uh, you can feel free to look up this data as well if you believe you have any information that you have disputes the information. Feel free to look up the Texas uh, Department of Health and Human Services, and they have a dashboard that pretty much I'm showing on my stream right now that is very important because it actually is the factual data that's been reported to the state of Texas Department of Health Services as well as the federal government. So the first thing I want to discuss, and it kind of broadens my theme of it has nothing more than a hype train of fear and hysteria. That is exactly what this has become. And the first thing I want to discuss about this is the mobilization of the private sector and the world of testing. Okay, I want people to understand this in a very broad sense because it's very important. And it really does need to be said in a very broad sensical terms. is what exactly Texas has and where where do we leave the rails in a sense where do we leave the tracks where do we just go to hell in a handbasket right it's really not that difficult to understand is you look right we were shut down we were shut down for a very large period of time and if you look, well, I'll just give an example. What I'm looking at now on the stream is a chart of daily new tests in a seven-day average 
Okay, and if you look at it in the early onset of May, okay, let's say before Memorial Day weekend, it was around 27,000 tests per day on the average onset before Memorial Day weekend. So when you have that and you look at the private sector and also state and federal government blowing up the infrastructure on testing, you're seeing a huge drastic increase in less than 30 day time. At some point in the beginning, in the middle, in the middle of June, you're seeing a 30% increase in testing from 25,000 to 32,000 cases, right? You're seeing that 20, 30% increase. And then you're seeing by July 1, it's well drastic an increase. It's, it's one of those few things where you look at it and go, okay, how did we get to here from here? Well, that's the private mobilization of the entire government as well as the private sector on the situation. It's not something that's positive to talk about. But yes, under the Trump administration, you saw a large, vast number of private entities come on board and help out during the COVID-19 crisis across all 50 states. It's very true. Very important. But when you look at this chart on the bottom here on daily tests, Let's just go back here. On May 16th, there was 27,000 cases, right? 27,000 cases. By July 1st, okay, before the 4th of July weekend, because obviously it's a governmental holiday, you're going to have some reporting issues. You're at 48,000. And after the 4th of July weekend, you spike to 55. And then by the middle of July, by the 22nd, you're almost at 70,000 cases a day. Why is this important? Very important because it explains a level of increase in not only in infrastructure, but it also brings up a very valid point here in that the Trump campaign talked about, and the Trump White House talked about, if we haven't, if you don't do any tests, well, how are you going to have test positivity rate? You're going to have positive tests if you don't test. It's very true. Um, but if you look at the testing positivity rate, okay, 5% test by the 15th, 16th, 4.97. Now, this is very important. Very, very important. Very important to understand here the rise back up again in cases is because there's been an influx in case count from August 1st till now. Lower amount of cases, positivity rate staying about the same, increased by four percentile points. Just working through logic and common sense. Very important. So, May 16th, we're looking at a 5% positivity rate. It's not bad for they're almost 30,000 cases. When you double the amount of case number, which, by the way, the case increase count was bound to happen. Okay, for two major reasons. One, one, the fact that the government opened up the state of Texas in a very, I would say, uninformed manner compared to other states. They rushed to stage two and to stage three and then stage four. They increased 
bar and restaurant and bar capacity from 50 to 75 in a very quick pace without letting it see how it goes from those numbers to a certain level number. No, they just went there for two weeks and then went 75% and then we fell back down because obviously it was completely rushed and the infrastructure asymptomatic, the government reopened. There was large gatherings going on for graduations, obviously civil unrest throughout the country and the state of Texas as well, including Dallas County, Broward County, uh, Broward, um, Harris County, as well as Austin in that area. So you have that kind of going on, but you're seeing it now kind of leveling off. It was a leveling off period where it dropped at the highest. It was at 17.43% on the middle of July. And it just literally just down bottom graded at six percentile points by the end of July. Obviously, the stricter uh, mask wearing mandates uh, throughout businesses helped around that, as well as when you're testing more people, you have more negative tests. It's kind of how that works. Very important to understand that the rise in cases in Texas correlated at the increase. June 13th is when we started to see a really heavy spike to to the end of uh, June. And this is obviously the whole state. So we're, we'll dwell into the whole Dallas County where I'm residing and kind of how that works. But you'll see at the onset, 17.43 percentile points of a positivity rate doesn't give you the full picture. It's just more people getting a test, more more asymptomatic. Obviously, with the amount of governmental infrastructure out there, with people taking free tests, people are obviously more privy to go get a test done. If they were charging you two to $300 a test, you wouldn't see the amount of testing we have today. So very important that we talk about that. Because a positive test doesn't mean you're going to die from this. And I want people to understand that it's not something that's talked about here. But we're still looking at a 1.45 percentile death rate in this country. Many people with symptoms of uh, pre-existing that affects their immune system. You have autoimmune disorders, you have diabetes, you have obesity, you have many different problems that can affect your outcome in this virus. Obviously, it's a huge contagion. So it's, it's, we can talk about that as well as a very important topic. But I want to sit there and talk about this because this is the difference maker in my personal opinion. This is the difference maker. If you look at the heat map here, you see that the tests in Dallas, Harris, Bexar, Tarrant County, Fort Bend County, Travis County. Why are those counties important? Because where we're starting to see a spike now is in Hildago and the further south, McAllen, Corpus Christi. We're starting to see spikes down here now near the border that we never really seen before. So that's where we're starting to see an increase, and it's not a good situation. But on the contrary, you have a very important onset discussion when you have you look at Tarrant County, for example, Tarrant County reported as of yesterday an increase of by 1,300 cases when it was only reporting like two, 300 a day at the most. Huge spike. Obviously, the testing infrastructure there 
obviously positivity rate, you had a, a senior citizen home or a senior living home report a large outbreak. So that's where you're starting to see some of your case number come from. The one problem that the state of Texas has yet to figure out, ladies and gentlemen, is how to protect its elderly population from this. It's been a huge misnomer that, it, yes, unfortunately, it does affect the elderly population a heck of a lot harder than the young people. But then at that point, when local officials work hard to defend and make and protect, really, the elderly, there are obviously infrastructure, there's rules in place and regulations in place for senior assisted living homes that allow visitation or not, depending on the outbreak. But when you're looking at this, look at your numbers. Just go look at Dallas County here. Look at Dallas County. The one area that seems to be hit the most throughout the county is the, the poor economic areas. That's where you're seeing your spikes and you're seeing a gradual increase. South Dallas, Irving, where I'm currently residing, it, you're seeing certain spikes in population that doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. So that just goes back to the contagion aspect of it. Now, pre-nomer, before we go into hospitals statewide with the amount of beds, ICU beds, available ventilators, topic of really discuss if you ask me with Andrew Cuomo um, man downright murdered 6,000 people in the state of New York there's no other way of putting it no other let's put a put a roll let's put a ribbon on that and kind of explain that better he killed 6,000 people by his policies and the man's still in office it's sad but when you look at this you see the hospitalizations and the bed utilization go up a lot, obviously. Younger people working hard, hard working people, hospitalizations at 8,000 people in the state by COVID. Okay. Regionally, uh, Dallas itself has 2020 population estimates 8 million 80 people. That's entire the DFW Metroplex has 13,970 beds. 2,300 beds are available. Available ICU beds is 300 or close to it. And available ventilators is um, 1744. They're saying there's about 1,400 people living with COVID in the hospitals in DFW. So let's put that in perspective, shall we? Additional data. Testing data is very important, though. This is where it kind of draws, where you're starting to see your positivity rate go back up again because it's at its highest was close to 70,000 people. Right? Then you have it kind of fall down here about August 1, kind of drops about 20%, back down to the 60s level. Obviously, there may not be as much of a need because obviously there seems like a really large spike here. In the onset of July, we're now we're back in the 50,000 range. We're obviously dropped. That's even considerable. That's a 30% decrease in testing statewide. So you're kind of going through in peaks and valleys. There was a huge spike between May and June. 
obviously the infrastructure was there to deal with those tests, then it's coming back down. And obviously your positivity rate will affect that. How many people will actually deal with this? Truth be known. Unfortunately, in the state of Texas, there's been 474 cases, 4,000 cases, excuse my language here, 474,524 cases. 8,000 people have lost their lives in this state because of this virus. However, the bright, great bright noise to this, the white, the bright spot to all this is that the counties are reporting lower case counts. The entire state of Texas has 7,039 cases, 293 fatalities. I'm going to pull up the great local numbers in Dallas County because they've been reported uh, very locally. Like I believe yesterday it was 393 cases total. In a state this large and a so this is what so Dallas County reported excuse me I uh, didn't want that sorry for the ad there the Dallas County Health Department is reporting 10 more unfortunate COVID deaths Friday along with 422 cases so a rise of cases by 40 from yesterday uh, Dallas man in his 60s who had underlying illness conditions about Springs man in his 60s with the health underlying issues. A Richardson man in his 60s, a Dallas man in his 70s, a farmer's ranch woman in her 70s, a Dallas woman in her 70s, a Dallas woman in her 70s again, 70s, 80s, 80s. All of those people are above the age of 60. Who had underlying health conditions all of them so that goes back to my my narrative earlier about politicians and the bureaucrats have to figure out a better a better way to protect the elderly population than just saying oh we're just gonna lock the, the homes down and not have people visit you obviously there's a person that had it before and it starts to spread so this 422 case number reported today on Friday the 7th is now the seventh straight day um, has lowered the average in the county. The 14-day average, which ended a 10-day streak of declines, dropped by from 657 per day to 627 per day on Thursday and fell again on Friday to 610. Jenkins said earlier, this is Judge Clay Jenkins, who can't talk faster than molasses in January said that earlier this week the demand of COVID-19 has gone down as well as testing in available in Dallas County locations little or no wait turnaround time that's where you're starting to see the demand was high in June when things reopened back up a lot of companies were having requirements to be tested before you came back to work but there was a drawn-out time plate so very positive news here in the state of Texas of course but it doesn't remove the notion, guys, that a lot of this, excuse me, a lot of this, and I mean this sincerely, a lot of this narrative that you hear on television is something that's drawn out by the DNC and the Democrats and the fake news media. You hear it all the time. 
Now you're hearing it, kids can't go back to school. Unfortunately, the President of the United States misspoke when he said that kids can't are completely immune to it. There's still children in this country that came with the COVID-19 virus, but they're less likely to die from it, that's for sure. That's a, that's a very well-proven fact, ladies and gentlemen. So, what I'm going to say in closing, ladies and gentlemen, is that don't believe the hype. Take care of your friends. Take care of your family. And do what's very important to the rest of this country. The quicker we get through this virus, the quicker we can move on to bigger and better things. It's an unfortunate process, but we'll get through it one way or the other. Also, a kind reminder, you can always catch me on stream at twitch.tv yankeecowboy 27 Also, moving forward, most of this podcast will be talking about the Trump 2020 re-election campaign. And it needs to be discussed because some of you may or may not enjoy my content. Because I, like many around this country, are a huge, well, I am a supporter of the President of the United States. And uh, we're going to run a re-election. Whether or not the snowflakes, the liberals, the far left, like it or not, it's going to happen. So... What I'm going to say now is this, as well, and not to discredit Dr. Fauci, but every time that man speaks, he does a disservice to this country. Even though he's trying really hard, he does a disservice. He shouldn't be in a position that he is, but he is. He's an extremely talented doctor, but he hasn't practiced medicine to patients in over 25 years. The hydroxychloroquine argument, which is anecdotal and has been done on testing, tests across the world, it's it, which anything that knows about doctors can tell you this, but patient by patient, hydroxychloroquine has worked on patients that have symptoms that, that obviously that illness, the COVID-19 virus, goes after. Lung issues, there's a lot of issues with that. Zinc. You know, it's it's definitely a concoction that it seems to work. So I don't don't discredit something that can work. It may not work for all patients, but it may work for a lot of patients. So at this point, without a vaccine, which some people will say to me, why do you, what do you think about the vaccine? It's not something that I will talk about openly, is my views for it, because it's just not. There's people in this country that don't take the flu vaccine every year get the flu, and they're perfectly fine. There's obviously something about this virus that makes it a killer. So until we get to the bottom of that, we're going to be in, a, in the same state that we are now. This is a kind of reminder, as always, to uh, socially distance yourself, be smart, make sure you go out to bars, make sure you go out to go-kart tracks, make sure you go out to racing, race car tracks, and last but not least, Support your bartenders and your service industry people. Look forward to hearing from all you guys again. Feel free to check us out on anchor.fm. Catch you around next time, guys. Thank you.